What's up, everyone? We are back in the arena here, and unlike most other times, it is just me this week. So uh, MD is on a trip out of the country, so it's just going to be me here today and uh, another another awesome guest here. So uh, actually, we'll start by saying thank you all for this continued support. We really appreciate it. Always love you all. Thanks for listening. And uh, without further ado, this is Neil Karski. Neil is... I mean, there's a bunch of different titles you can give Neil, but I would say Neil's an entrepreneur uh, at heart. He co-founded Street Samaritans, which obviously, if if you've been following uh, our show, we had Shiloh Capone, the the executive director of Street Samaritans, currently on the show to talk about kind of the uh, homeless population here in Chicago and, and kind of what they're doing. I should say what we're doing now as the newest member of the, the associate board doing to um, kind of promote that mission there. So... Uh, without further ado, this is Neil. Neil, why don't you just tell the audience, like, who is Neil Karski? What is your background? How did you get to where you are today? So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm the president and founder of Street Samaritans, uh, as you mentioned. I also um, I'm also the CEO of Patient Engine, where I marketing, lead conversion, and coaching agency. We help uh, small business small businesses in aesthetics. Uh, grow predictably. So I'm invested in a lot of other things, but I'm going to keep our focus there. Um, I am very passionate about helping individuals uh, live to their fullest potential, whether those individuals are uh, those that are impacted by homelessness or um, just people who are looking to find meaning and purpose in lives and just absolutely crush it in this dimension. So where where did that passion to help others kind of f- live to their fullest potential? Like, where did that come from? How did you, I guess, where did, it sounds like you're, you also mentioned helping others find, discover their purpose. So, which means I assume you've found yours. Like how, how were you able to like talk us through that self-discovery process and how that led you to ultimately wanting to help others now do the same? Well, I, I think that's, that's why we're here today, and I think ultimately people that end up taking action know that within themselves, like, hey, there there is a grander purpose here, and the purpose is not just to serve myself, it's to serve others. So I always knew when I was a kid I was meant to lead, but what leadership really means is is helping others. It's putting others before yourself. and. Um, but it's all. It also means pouring into yourself and and developing yourself to be the best you, and um, doing the same for others in, in in turn. So, I remember when I, you know, when I was younger, I just always used to look at people who were less fortunate. Or, I think it was one time my mom and I we just walked around. And she's like, "Hey, look, there's a dead bird," and I just started crying because I felt bad. So, I think there's always like. This, this compassion I was building up that I wanted to get out there. And um, I think that everybody has their own story and journey. And I it, it took a lot of time and, and uh, trials and tribulations for me to figure out these things. But um, I feel like finally on the right path. Yeah. Was there ever like a point where you were like, okay, now I got it. Now I figured it out. You know, because for me, I kind of... It's like a lot of mental, like a lot of struggle with my mental health and then, you know, starting my self healing process through therapy and then ultimately kind of hitting a breakthrough, if you will, where it was like, wow, I can really see 
the world a lot clearer now. You know, I feel like I've got a vision of where I want to go. I've got a vision of kind of what I want my life to look like. Was there anything like that for you? It almost sounds like it started off when you were very young. Yeah, I think it started off very young, but I, I do think that people who deal with trauma and pain and obstacles and challenges, I think those people, when they get through it, so the darkness leads to light concept, when they get through it and they learn the lessons, they want to share those lessons with others. So I do think that through my journey with mental health and those types of issues and, and stuff that I dealt with in my childhood into my adulthood um, really helped to shape me. And I, I think similarly to you and I, I healed myself from anxiety and depression through meditation and affirmations and fitness and nutrition and positive uh, thinking and all that stuff. Uh, those things that helped me to heal so that I could be in a position where I could actually help other people because you cannot fill anybody else's cup if you're not if, if your cup isn't full first. Yeah, no, that's I think MD has said those same exact words, that same analogy on, on a prior episode. Um, and I guess like talk, maybe just talk a little bit about like, what did that Neil look like? You know, the one that was very anxious, um, depressed, like how did you feel mentally? And, and then like what ultimately worked for you in terms of like, were there self-care tips? I think you mentioned affirmations, um, positive self-talk. Um, but did you hit like a quote unquote breaking point where you were just like, I, I can't live like this anymore? Was there something that happened? Normally I feel like unfortunately people have to like hit their rock bottom if you will before they're all before they are kind of inspired to change and like i can't do this anymore that's how it was for me like what was it for you or was, was it like advice from a friend were you like hey man like you got to get this together or was it just like mm -hmm. i can't deal like this deal with this anymore yeah i spent my uh early years early i guess you could say i spent my teenage and my early 20s. My I spent my teenage years and my early 20s in the social scene and uh, in the entertainment and nightclub industry. And I've learned a lot. I've learned how to network. I've learned how to do promotions, marketing, sales, all that stuff through it. But it also uh, brought on a lot of dark elements and really negative relationships. And um, it was you know, I wasn't, I wasn't my best self during that time. And I think people always say like, you're going to have the most friends when you're the worst version of yourself. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, so ultimately I was doing the, the wrong things, spending my time in the wrong places, hanging around with the wrong people, not focusing on fulfilling my potential. And that manifested itself in anxiety and depression. And, I know that ultimately the way forward from that is self-love and to be able to, to, to do that, you have to, you have to make tough decisions, which tend to be at some points inconvenient, but will lead to a better path for your life. So, um, I did, I did at some point hit rock bottom and, um, once I got up, it's, uh, the rest was history. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. And uh, that that's awesome that you're able to kind of, you know, get to the point you are now through that journey. Did you did you see um, your social circle like completely change 
Like, you know, did you have to leave a bunch of maybe friendships that weren't congruent with the life you wanted to live, the person you wanted to be? Um, How did you go about that process, if so? Yeah, I definitely think as you get older, in general, organically, your, your circle of friends will get smaller because people add on activities, projects, investments, initiatives, ventures to their lives. And if you continue to resonate with people, you'll uh, there's a good chance that you'll stay closer to them. But to be able to optimize your life and figure out really who you are and how you want to live your life and your whys and align your time with those whys, you're going to have to make sacrifices. And uh, unfortunately, those sacrifices will come in the form of shedding relationships that aren't serving you and maybe they're not serving them. So you mentioned what, like, what are your whys? So like you obviously had to identify those, like what are your values? Um, just kind of talk us, talk us through those and kind of how you came to that realization, if you will. Um, yeah. So I think I'm always about feeling like the intrinsic feeling, like what makes you happy? when you do these things, not what the society tells you or the system tells you that's supposed to make you happy, not things that make you happy superficially, artificially, or make you happy in the short term. It's the the things that you're really proud of, the things that are leaving a lasting mark on your life, the fulfilling experiences that are just shaping you. And to me, that comes in, in three forms, helping others, Um, helping, uplifting, motivating others. So, you know, I am able to do this in my personal life and my business and my nonprofits arenas. Um, Number two for me is, um, as I like building things. Um, So I'm not as good with my hands and I'm trying to, that's why I moved to the countryside. Um, And I I feel like I've gotten a lot better with that, but, Ultimately, I like building things, so I like solving problems. So, um, to me, that's uh, you know when when I saw, I saw an opportunity to help those less fortunate in uh, in Chicago, I wanted to take the next step and, and and try to solve some problems and build something from from the ground up. I started my first business when I was 19 years old, uh, out of need and necessity. Um, and ultimately, that's the same thing that happened with my current business uh, with with our marketing agency and I wanted to build and to build you had to find the right team members you have to solve the right problems um, you had to find a, a, the right blueprint to scale um, and my last one is just um, you know exploring so that really it's it's a broad term but I love traveling I travel a couple times a month and just uh, I love being able to diversify my environment um, you know, meet new people, explore new cultures. I mean, we have nature is vastly beautiful, and 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 that's where I live now. And I think, uh, you know, traveling to new places or to places that really vibe with you um, is a great way to grow as a person too. So um, those are my three whys. You got a favorite place? I, I see. I, I've, I've only followed you on Instagram since I've known you for a couple months here, but I swear you're in a different place every week. So, like, give us your top, give us your top three spots. Oh man, um, 
I like I think I just got back from Tulum and it's a special place. It's uh it's an old Mayan city, so it definitely has amazing vibes there and I I love it as a beach and a jungle place. Um I love where I live. I live in Blue Ridge, Georgia in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's beautiful here too. Um and as far as uh places where I love to go back to, I love Sedona. It's got really amazing energy. Um I think some some of my favorites uh northern Italy the the Dolomites and the Alps uh, are amazing. Iceland was absolutely raw. Um what else? That's quite a few right there. I mean, you just <laughs> listed off five very unique places, so I've got my work cut out for me. Uh but I want a couple things, but I want to go back to something you said around uh a self-care tip that I think is becoming much more um, accepted into today's society of like meditation. What has that done for you? And what would you tell? Because I get this a lot when I tell people that I've started to meditate. Um, like the person that their reaction is, I, I could never do that. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about way too much. Like it, it never works. Like what has meditation done for you? And what would you tell people if, if, you know, you, you tell them, Hey, like you might want to think about this. I could see it serving you. And that's kind of the reaction. Like clear my head. Right. Well, the point is not to eliminate all your thoughts because it's not possible. The goal of meditation is to be able to to achieve a state of tranquility where you're able to focus and concentrate and minimize the number of directions your mind is going because we're bombarded from all different directions and sides from different types of stimuli. So I think that meditation is a great tool for self-love for focus or concentration for productivity i think uh it's made me a better man because it's allowed me to calm down and being able to actually uh bathe in in stillness before starting my day and uh being more proactive versus being reactive and not uh allowing things to kind of get to you because you do understand that like um you do understand the importance of stillness of the current moment etc so i think uh i think a meditation it could serve a person in many different ways and most people are like oh i can't do this same with cold plunges <laughs> <laughs> which we were like oh i hate the cold and once they do it once they're like yeah that wasn't so bad the first minute was really bad but after that i crushed it so same with meditation you just got to start you got to practice you know 21 days to build a habit I think that's the biggest thing is like meditating, in my opinion, is a skill. You know, like when I first started, I was the same. I, I couldn't, I was very unsuccessful. I was able, I was, you know, it's like I constantly had thoughts running through my head. I did, now that's okay. You let them, you let them pass. You acknowledge them. But it just kept happening. I was never really getting into like that real, like relaxed um, state, if you will. And um, the more you do it, it, the more, the better you're able to train your mind to do so. So I think to anyone that's out there, it is a skill that you develop through practice like anything in life. Same with the cold plunge. I mean, that's another good example. I, I First time I went in, every time I go in that thing still, I got to train my mind and over overwrite my mind. That's telling me, giving me a million excuses of why I shouldn't go in um, because it doesn't get any warmer each time. But um, the feeling when you get out of that thing is, is the real deal. Um, <laughs> It's awesome, man. It really is. I, I highly recommend it on, uh, to anyone that's to anyone that's listening. Give it a try if you if you can get your find yourself one. 
Um, I want to talk a, a quote, and I, we we very briefly talked before this show. Uh, I took a look at your LinkedIn profile, and you had said you hadn't been on LinkedIn in a few years. But um, there was a quote on there in your bio, and it said, "Create the life you want to live." What, well, a couple questions. One, why is that in your bio? My, my assumption is that you know there's 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 some deep meaning there. And so, what does it mean to you? Um, like, why did that quote resonate with you? Sure. So, ultimately, I absolutely believe that in this physical dimension, we're able to direct our thoughts, our actions towards certain goals and experiences, right? And a lot of the things that I've, I've achieved in life and have experienced, I've actually manifested. So, I think to me, manifestation and affirmation are two really useful tools that can lead you somewhere. You obviously still have to take action to get there. So I'm huge on individual responsibility and ownership. So I'm taking individual responsibility and ownership of my actions, of my decisions. I make decisions and then I actually deal with consequences. Um, so that I'm able to create the life that I want, right? Because if I'm unhappy in something that I'm doing, then I'm not creating the life I want. So I need to change that. So to me, that just means you make the right decisions. You're not always going to make the right decisions, but making the, the, the right decisions to get you closer to where you where you want to go. And that doesn't mean you know, don't be happy in your current situation because I think we should be thankful for every single day because today and this moment is the only moment that really matters. But I think that if you want to be happier, more fulfilled, you intrinsically and internally know what you have to do to get there. Now you just have to take the right actions and responsibility to get there. So what is... um? what does happiness mean to you? Like define happiness for me. What does like happiness look like to you? Cause I know like when I was going through my own mental health journey at the time, I was like, okay, I'm going to get to a point where I'm just going to be happy. And like, I'm going to get there once I work through this and I'll be happy. And it's like, I got through it and there was a lot of like relief and, and overwhelming feelings of gratitude um, in, in sense like that. But then it was like, that kind of wears out and it's like, okay, like, I don't think, I, I think it, I'm at peace with not always being quote unquote happy. I think it's a feeling, but I do have a sense of inner peace and direction that I did not have before. So like, how would you describe it? Yeah, it's, I think happiness is a state of mind, not a feeling or emotion. So I think happiness, they say it's a, it's a more so a decision, right? Than anything. So if I'm aligned with my soul and the things that I am supposed to be doing, um, which at this point I'm at a place where I know where to spend my time, then I know that I'm doing the right thing. So to me, it's like happiness is, it's, it's how you react to things, right? So it really, I think that there's a, there's a huge misconception of like, you know, when you get to point B, you're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. You should still be happy where you are because you, 
you can be self-aware of the circumstances that you're in because there's a lot of people that are less fortunate than you. Of course, there's mental trauma and pain and all that stuff. I have a tattoo right here that says, this too shall pass, but time is now. So in, in the current moment, you can still make a decision to be happy, right? You see people around the world that maybe don't have as much materialistically, but they have, each, they have a family, right? Which, which, may, which you know, that social connection and, and love provides them in happiness. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's certainly a decision um, in a state of mind more so than a feeling or emotion. Yeah, I, I totally make sense. So it, kind of on that quote as well, you mentioned that you, you like to have, that you feel, which I agree, like choice and responsibility of your life. Was there ever a moment in your life or a point in your life where you were kind of playing more of like your victimhood, playing the victim card of like life's happening to me? And if so, what what did you need to do or what worked for you in kind of flipping that mindset to, to what you describe now? Yeah, I think everybody goes through at some point in their lives where they're like, hey, you know, like, God, why is why did I go through this? Or, you know, you get pissed off at something and you're like, oh, I just had bad luck. Um, but, you know, they say nothing is good or bad. It's the thinking that makes it so. So it's it's how you react to your circumstances right and it's not a it's not a loss it's a lesson so um i think i definitely would say that i would totally be dishonest if i would say i i didn't play the victim game before in the past of course i had i you know i played basketball for a long time i was one of the top recruited players as a freshman in high school and my i had i had broken both of my wrists and i had multiple surgeries by bad like terrible doctors and I wasn't able to come back to basketball and you know it's something that was taken away from me but it was taken away from me for a reason right so it could do be bigger and better things um you know I s still miss basketball sometimes I still wish I could go back to that moment but uh, everything happens for a reason really does and uh the victim the playing the victim card you know it's it doesn't get you anywhere because it's really, it's just a reflection of lack of self-love. Yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. And I can relate to that. I mean, I wasn't a top recruit, but I played basketball and I hadn't really had any serious injuries. And a few years ago, like I tore my ACL and it just showed me how quickly something can be taken from you. And like, and the importance of taking care of your health, your body. Um, so like, yeah, did it suck going through it? Did it suck getting surgery? Did it suck rehabbing for six and a half months or whatever it was? Yes, but I think there was a lot of lessons I learned about the importance of stretching, um, working on muscles that maybe aren't like the the arm, the biceps and the triceps for show, but the ones that actually ultimately, mobility stuff, that kind of stuff. like there's a lesson in everything and especially in like your challenging times i think is when we learn the most so i think that's like spot on definitely um so i guess I flip gears a little bit to street samaritans because we, we talked a little bit about this but like i thought it was a really cool story so just kind of like talk talk us through um maybe for anyone that didn't hasn't listened to shiloh's episode like what is Street Samaritans, but also what prompted you to 
um, ultimately create the organization um, and just talk us through that whole story because I think it's a really cool one. Right. So Street Samaritans is a grassroots nonprofit organization here in Chicago. We are focused on helping individuals live a more dignified life and help them reach their full potential. We do this through human connection, going out to the people, distributing, distributing living essentials, clothing, food, hygiene products, um, uh, medical kits, um, supplements, um, and eventually we want to build bigger and deeper relationships with these folks who maybe don't know where to go or maybe had a bad experience uh, somewhere at their, in, their, in their journey where they were looking for help. So we have um, monthly outreach events as well as um, our mobile outreach teams that go out to these individuals to try to connect with them, show love, compassion, appreciation, and being able to understand their situation and how we can help them. So what we also do is help these individuals transition into that better, more fulfilling life uh, where we're helping them with getting IDs, helping them with potentially job placements, access to health care, um, access to casework and those types of resources and, not, and phones and last but not least housing. So we have, I think, housed, helped house over 30 individuals last year, which is amazing. Uh, we hope to do the same this year as well. And um, in addition to this, we are working on two, two more pillars. One is coming more so this year, one next year. Uh, I'm sure Shiloh talked about this, but we're working on opening a community outreach center um, or, and or a drop-in center where people can come in uh, which is going to help us uh, build better relationships with the people we serve. And um, in the next couple of years, we're going to get in more of the ad advocacy and education side of things. And eventually, hopefully, um, expand this out to other cities because I think our model is very unique. Um, I think it's very organic. Um, and then we've had some really great success stories with... Um, you know, in comparison to some of these bigger nonprofits, um, small resource base. So uh, I'm super proud of, you know, of our team of, um, of Shiloh, of, of Mel, our executive board, associate board, all of our volunteers. It's, it's, it's really been an amazing journey. And, you know, up until about a year and a half ago, we ran things on a purely volunteer basis. No one got paid at all. So it was time to scale. And um, that's where we have start, uh, started to hiring some paid resources to help us expand our footprint. Yeah, no, I mean, it was very, very transformative experience for me, definitely. It's coming from a very, just a very wealthy city growing up, um, having a, a very, definitely having a bias and stigma towards the, the unhoused and making all sorts of different judgments about them. It was, it's been a very, very rewarding experience, but like what helped you or what prompted you to like found this organization? Cause you're, you're not just a part of it. Like you are one of the two founders. Um, so like what about it like really resonated with you? 
to actually want to, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that that's fucked up over there, like whatever's happening, but not many people actually take action. Sure. So I think it was a combination of my intrinsic desire to, to do something, to take action, to, to, you know, to be the change, they say, in the world. Um, I had come from Poland when I was 12. I was born in the U.S., uh, but when we were three, we went to Poland, and we came back when I was 12. I never really experienced too much um, of the homelessness cause there. So when I came to Chicago when I was 17, started going downtown, seeing all these homeless folks, I just I, I didn't understand what that really what was really going on. So I wanted to find out more. In in during college, we got together with a few guys and we filmed a a very low budget documentary called Street Life Faces Uncovered. You can watch it on uh, YouTube. It's out there, uh, and that helped to. Uh, paint a bigger picture of like what's really going on help me understand the cause a little bit better and I started volunteering with some of the organizations that uh, are doing some great work in Chicago um, and eventually I got a job locally in Chicago I stopped traveling for work and I started going around and uh, buying homeless guys and girls lunch and sitting down with them and having conversations and that really helped me to solidify like hey like this is something special like if I, if I could do this for more people and give them hope and build that connection and figure out in a personalized individualized way of how I can help them go from point A to point B then I think we have something really special and um, I think it was in 2017 April that I posted on my Facebook I said how many of you guys will be willing to come out and put together care packages on a random Sunday and go out and hand them out to some homeless folks and you know, I had a massive response and you know 20 people showed up which was great and I think we put together like 35 40 care packages maybe uh, from some of the resources that we had um, on an individual basis and we went out there and Everybody distributed a couple packages, and we had some amazing conversations. And then we're like, "Hey, I think this is, I think this is an opportunity to become bigger." And I think that this model of going out to the people and eliminating judgment and building organic relationships is um, is going to to be different, and it's going to help change people's lives. Yeah, I mean, it'll change. It'll for sure change, you know, um, the unhoused, whoever, whomever you're speaking with their lives. But I also think it'll change, you know, volunteers' lives. And I think what's super cool is that it, from conversations with Shiloh, you guys don't have to do virtually any sort of um, advertising, marketing, promotion, anything like that to get volunteers. It's all word of mouth. It's all people that are returning to do it a, a second, a third, a fourth time because of how rewarding the experience is, how enjoyable it is to um, just be out there and, and, and talking with them. I think it's just, it's a very rewarding experience. So I, I applaud what you guys have built and I'm excited obviously to, to join the associate board now and, and be a part of kind of the future here over the next however many years. Thank you. 
Um, do you have any other causes that you're particularly passionate about or, or something that you've been like, wow, this is something I kind of want to dive, uh, dive into. Is there anything else that's like jumped out at you over, over the course of your life? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I moved to Blue Ridge, Georgia. It's a small countryside community in the Blue Ridge mountains here. And I'm looking at a couple different organizations here to get involved with. One is Feed Fannin, which is a farm that grows food and um, provides um, produce to low-income families. They also buy food in bulk from food banks uh, from Chattanooga and Atlanta and, and do the same. So I think it's a great cause to support. I've supported them. I'm looking to uh, get involved and volunteer with them. Um, I do, um, I'm partial towards youth as well. I think that um, I, I used to, I, I used to mentor um, youth from, from lower income areas in Chicago. And I also uh, mentored students as well at Loyola. So I feel like um, I'm definitely partial to youth and I would like to do some ment more mentoring for um, youth in this area. and and in Chicago as well. Um, but also I know that we have a lot of work to do in our cause as well. So I'm not trying to stretch myself too thin and put, you know, too many eggs in, uh, or too few eggs in, in a few baskets. So um, I think that being able to focus is, is key, but um, I'm, I'm actually proud to announce that our company is gonna be our presenting sponsor for Street Samaritans this year as well. So uh, super excited about that. We're gonna have our uh, team. I think there's gonna be about 30 of us there um, with dates at the gala as well. So um, that's another way of giving back, right? Yeah, no, that's 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 great stuff. Um, so I got a couple questions here uh, before we wrap up. Like you may or may not have thought about this, but I think I was asking myself this question. I'm like, hmm, that's a good one. So I'm going to ask Neil, like, what what do you want to be remembered for, like, when you leave, you know, on this earth? Like, when someone says Neil Karski, like, what do you want them to think? I think that I want to be remembered as somebody who is super authentic, that no matter what happened or what was described or portrayed, um, that I always stuck to being me. Uh, I think that's a big one. Uh, I want to be remembered as someone who is always extending a hand. Um, I like to think that I don't ask for anything in return, but I do believe in reciprocity. Um, I want to be remembered for just being the best man I can be and, you know, having a really good impact of as many people as possible and ultimately you know that remembers doesn't have to be public or vocal I think it's can be it can happen at an individual level so you mentioned I think the first one was like you want to be remembered as being authentic I think a lot of people struggle to do that how have you been able to kind of free yourself from what other people think was there a point in your life where you were caught up in 
other people's opinions and what they might think of you? How have you been able to live? Because it's something I struggled with for 26 years of my 27 years of life. Like how, how have you been able to live an authentic life true to yourself? Yeah, I, well, part of that really is, is, is my journey here to, to Blue Ridge. I, I left my life in Chicago to be able to explore myself better and to be able to provide more room and a more cohesive environment to, to flourish and grow and find out who I, tr who I am or I'm capable of becoming. Um, so like I said, those two things are very tied together, right? It's, it's authenticity and self-love. So for me, I just want to be able to live my life and not react to external, you know, uh, hearsay. And I think that really started when I started to heal. And over time, as I built Street Samaritans, built my first agency and built my current business. And as I stepped into this, these leadership roles and um, continued to build and have impact, it just it, it kept having that um, reciprocal effect. And it you know, kept helping me reaffirm, you're on the right path, you're on the right path, stay in your lane, everything else is a distraction. So ultimately, the people who want to resonate with you They'll, they'll listen, they'll resonate with you, they'll connect with you, and uh, others who, who, who don't just want, and, it's okay, and that's okay too, you know? So you can't please everybody, and you better be able to, to, to not please yourself, but pour into yourself and love yourself um, so others can actually love you too, so. Yeah, and, and, and then like in terms of, because I, I do not have even close to the pedigree you do, but like, you know, your CEO have built, have, have stood up multiple organizations, like you've got quite the resume. How are you able to kind of keep yourself grounded? Like I'm, I've done nothing close to that, but I even feel myself like, wow, I'm getting all this praise for doing different things. I'm trying to like, and it feels good. It's that, that external like validation. It feels good. But how are you able to kind of just keep yourself grounded and say, like, this is what I'm meant to be doing, stay the course, you know, keep your ego aside here? Like, how have you been able to balance that? Yeah, so I think that there's a fine balance. And I actually don't like the word humility because it means belittling yourself. So I think that if you're taking actions and you're getting results and you're providing impact you're doing the right things. You should you should be happy with yourself and who you are and the things you're doing. Um, and I talked about this uh, a couple of podcasts ago, but you know, it's I'm 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 a pretty big stoic, so it's like I don't celebrate too long. I also don't let negative thoughts affect me for too long. Um, I take lessons and I implement. So I kind of try to try to stay very balanced and. I think that the real balance comes in being in, at peace and being tranquil. So um, ultimately, it all ties back to self-love. And it's like the more you love yourself, the more other people will recognize of the things you're doing. So you don't have to go out there and 
talk a big game. The big game will show itself through actions, through accomplishments, and through the things you're doing to help other people. No, absolutely. I, I could not agree more. So um, what would you tell anyone, like what advice do you have for people who might feel stuck, stagnant, maybe can't get into that growth mindset, um, very fearful, afraid of change, like anyone who's kind of living like that, like what kind of advice would you give to that person that's kind of struggling to find meaning in their life? Uh, I think it always goes back to finding your whys. And I think we all deep down inside of ourselves know our whys. We just forgot when we came here. So understanding your whys and looking and understanding what intrinsically makes you, I want to say, say happy, but like I said, we talked about happiness is, is a decision. But Like fulfilled? Yeah, I want to say fulfilled, but it just feels right. And I think yeah. everybody knows that feeling. It's hard to describe in, in human terms. So it just feels right, and it, it makes you feel warm. It makes you feel like it is the, it's, it's, you're doing, uh, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do, but it's also, it's a fun thing to do. Um, it's, it, it, it resonates with love. So um, understanding those types of things and understanding what makes you happy from a standpoint of like what interests you, uh, things you're good at, um, things you've, you've already made impact on and building from there, right? Ultimately, if we're not growing, we're not living. So taking steps to grow every single day um, will get you to a much better place putting down your whys and living, you know, in, in parallel, in, in resonance with those whys um, every single day so that when you're waking up, you know you're waking up for a reason. Uh, yeah, I want to repeat that, what you just said, because I think it's super, super important. If we're not growing, we're not living. I think, and, and for a lot of people, that's hard to do, including myself for a while. But I think in order to find all of what you just said, like you have to take action. You can't know what you want to do or what, what gives you um, energy and positive energy if you don't try things. It's like, I think a lot of times we say, oh, I would never like that, you know, or, or that, no, I wouldn't be good at that. Like, you don't know that. You got to, you have to want to try it and, and you may, you may be right, but you also might be wrong and it might be the best thing that ever happened to you. So I think like it, it you have to take action um, to, in order to do all those things that you just mentioned, which I think is, was beautifully laid out. Um, all right. So rapid fire questions here. And, and first of all, thank you just for coming on, for being authentic, for sharing your story. Um, and actually before that, I want to ask you one question, like, cause I think I'm curious. So I'm guessing the listeners listening right now are curious, like, what is the day in the life of Neil Karski? What does it look like? Like you live in the countryside, you, you run, um, multiple businesses slash organizations. Like what is, give me the day in the life of Neil. Um, so it depends. It depends if I'm traveling or if I'm home, but I'll tell you what happens when I'm home. Um, I basically, I'm, I wake up about seven from seven to, um, seven 30 or so. I do my morning meditation mantras and my, my, my morning rituals and put my feet on the ground. Um, I do deep work from about seven 38 till about 10 30 or so. Uh, I don't take any meetings. Then I um, go to the gym, have lunch, and I do a lot of my meetings in the afternoons. 
up until about the evening time that I make dinner uh, and then I read and go to bed. That's about, that's, that's about the day and, you know, it's, uh, it's very dynamic. Some days are more flexible, some days like this week are just back to back to back. So what do you, what do you like to read? I read uh, a lot of nonfiction. So I read a lot of stuff on um, quantum physics, on psychology, on marketing, business, relationships, um, what else, and, um, and health as well. So I think, I think I'm interested in every single one of those. You lost me at quantum physics, but I, I, I just way over my head. <laughs> but all that other stuff, agreed. A lot of self-help you know, personal growth, that kind of stuff, development. Um, all right, three rapid fire questions here. First one, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given or just like a favorite quote that's resonated with you? Whew. I don't like playing favorites. Um, I don't like- All right, just give me a good one then. Um, well, the, I, I think the quote, create the life you wanna live is huge. Um, I think that, um, you know, uh, it's, we talked about reacting to things, so it's nothing is good or bad. It's the thinking that makes it so that's a big one. And ultimately fall in love with, with, fall in love with yourself, fall in love with who you are before you can fall in love with anybody else. Um, become your own hero, um, before you can save anybody else's life. Uh, I love that one. Um, all right. Second question. Second of three. If you could have dinner with anyone in the world that are alive, who would it be and why? Ooh. It's a good question. Um, probably JFK. And why? Um, just because I feel like he was... Uh, he comes from an elitist family that was trying to do the right thing for human beings. And um, I feel like he had a lot of global relationships, so it would be cool to pick his brain. Yeah, that's interesting. We haven't gotten that one before. Uh, all right, lastly, and you've kind of touched on this, but just give us what do you like to do in your free time, hobbies, that kind of stuff. Traveling is obviously one, but what else? Yeah, traveling's one. Traveling and hiking are big. Uh, I like shooting guns. I'm, you know, I shoot guns almost every week. Um, I think it's a very therapeutic activity that helps you become sharper mentally as well, and just helps you become a savage. I got into gardening recently, so I'm, I'm planting veggies over there and fruits. Uh, so that's another thing. Obviously, I like to read. Uh, I like to cook and just be outdoors. Uh, that's a big one. Awesome. All right, Neil. Well, thank you again for doing this. We really appreciate the time. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Uh, we're going to sign off here, but thanks again, Neil. Thank you.